0: a cantaloupe. Five long years he wore this watch up his ass. These are my cactuses. I put googly eyes on them. Sometimes when I'm driving, I have this sudden impulse to turn the wheel quickly, head on into the oncoming car. Peter Pan has found a mother. You want me to say what? Like, I don't get it. Is that it? The ice is gonna break.
1: Welcome back to another episode of in 101, the podcast where we watch every Christopher Walkin' project in chronological order one at a time (laughs) i'm kenny johnson documentary filmmaker
0: editor and we watched episode three of the outlaws yes the outlaws i'm brandon hardesty actor video maker and uh yeah we're working our way we're trying to catch up man we got uh nine more episodes of this and then we got severance and then by the time we finish that dune 2 will be out (laughs) But uh, e- wait,
1: wait, 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 there's what, what? even
0: more, there's more walk-in news. You, you completely
1: missed the big headlining walk-in news. Now, there's two big pieces. We'll start okay. with, we'll start with the smaller piece first. Okay. Okay. Season two is going to come out of this, the Outlaws in like the middle of August. Yep. Yeah. So we have season two of the Outlaws coming. We haven't even finished season one. We haven't even gotten to severance yet. And speaking of Severance, Walken has been dominated for an Emmy
0: for yeah. Severance. For the first time ever, because he rarely did TV. I mean, I think the last time he ever did TV, it might have been like uh, Kojak or something. Uh, but like,
1: he was, it, yeah, probably. Or the, the Cleopatra uh, made-for-TV movie that we can't find,
0: I want to say. Maybe? That is more... I will say I've tried looking for that over and over again. It's a real... Obscure art house film that's only been shown periodically at festivals. I oh, sent okay. an Instagram message to the uh, director. <laughs> <laughs> um, he never got back to me. Right. But uh, yeah, I think the last time he did TV, it might have been, it was a made for TV movie on HBO. Uh, it was like about the first lynching in American history, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. there was the Caesar movie that he did. There's a TV movie about Caesar. Okay,
1: yeah. So he he hasn't really done much TV at all. So this this is big. This is uh, groundbreaking. Dare I say this is this is massively walking. This is walking news. You're not going
0: to hear anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, I wonder if uh, just this this like recent foray into TV. I wonder if it was any part of like. You think his agent came up to him and said, Chrissy, Ronnie, baby, you gotta get into T V. This is the golden age of streaming, honey. The golden age of stream I guess, I mean. I mean, like, why all of a sudden? He must have at least seen the trend for himself. Do you think Walken watches uh Netflix? do you think he- um yeah yeah
1: i think he's aware of it does he watch <laughs> it okay so the, the thing is like streaming isn't so much of like let me go out and find a streaming job because i know it's so fucking hot right now it's literally the only thing out there so it's not like a matter of hey, he, <laughs> well- went out, he went out actively looking for it it's just that is what they do now they don't they don't really make television shows anymore. Streaming is more or less a, a hybrid of television and cinema, in a sense. You know, if you think about it, in a, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. so it's like this is just an eight-hour movie because it wasn't it originally intended to be a movie, right?
0: Yes, yes, it was, and so then it's that, been stretched out.
1: Yeah, that's a that's in a lot of the cases. I feel like a lot of these streaming shows. We're movies at one point and then someone came along, they just make it streaming because that's a, a much easier sell. So, and there, I mean, that's the thing we, like. we're oversaturated in content and there's so many streaming things. And we've talked about it before in this podcast before it's the, the streaming wars. Like we're, we're, we're in the, we're in the tail end of it almost because <laughs> Netflix may become, may come crashing down very soon uh and who knows what's what things are going to look like after that so yeah but yeah it's it's just you know we're um i streaming is is it's 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 uh it's here man we just we can't stop getting enough of that gray gooey content we need something to watch (laughs) to take our minds off of our shitty fucking existence so yep yep Welcome to The Outlaws, episode three, season one, but we're going to be getting season two very soon, and uh, yeah, we're going to have to watch that after we watch uh, Severance. Yeah, we're going to break it up a little bit, because if we're, yeah, we're going chronological, yeah. Um, yeah, but this episode, fair warning, two scenes of walking almost non-existent in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. This was uh, th- this episode was shot over a period of time where Walken had uh, a lot of time to kill in the UK. Probably mm-hmm. took a, took a stroll down uh, down Abbey Road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything.
1: I, I think I, I had a feeling the one scene he was in, he looked really tired. So, <laughs> well, I, I, think I think they're like, we can't, we can't have like. There's there's even a scene where they they have the whole cast and they're doing their their uh you know community service or cleaning and stuff he wasn't even there he wasn't even in the background I think they're like yeah that's true old. he's getting old we can't we get we can't have him out here a lot he, he looked really old
0: in the one scene that he was in didn't he yeah I mean it, it's hard to tell because he's looked old you know for a good while he just has a kind of tired right uh face that's seen some shit. Um, he just looked
1: really tired and old in these scenes. And it just was like, oh, I feel kind of guilty We're making him come out here and act, you know. Well,
0: next year, he's going to be 80 years old. 80. My God. Yeah. That's old. I feel like. Uh,
1: I, feel, I, feel, I feel like 80 old. Well, well, here's the thing. Like a lot of actors like oh, walking for example, he's been around for, you know, acting in the mainstream for what 40 years now right something like that you know he was in the golden age you know in the 70s -hmm. and a lot of those actors aren't acting as much like jack nicholson is more or less retired from acting he retired from acting a couple years ago right yeah yeah, actually a while ago Um, uh even robert de niro is he's still kind of working but it's kind of a sad type of working from what (laughs) i've heard where it's like he's just so desperate for money that like they're like, oh, he's he's going to spend it all and he's going to have nothing left. He needs to do uh, War with Grandpa Part 3, you know? like <laughs> $8 million is not enough for him to live off of, guys. He needs more money. And it's yeah. like, well, you're just, you're insane. Uh, I- even Al Pacino, like, he's not even doing that much anymore. Like, a lot of these people, th- these actors at this point kind of stopped doing it. So seeing, you know, such a, a, an iconic actor still going... At the age of 80. I feel like yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty
0: rare feat. We haven't really seen that before. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, you got... Uh, who was... Uh, God, he was nominated. He was... Uh, I, uh, Lawrence Olivier? Or no, no, not, not Lawrence Olivier. Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Peter yeah. O'Toole. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, that's, that's actually a
1: great example. He's one of the few that did kind of keep going for a while. And he was finally nominated... It was for that movie that we uh we we even made a um a No small parts on the one actress. Uh she was Doctor Who. Yes.
0: Uh, oh god, I forget her name. Um Jody Jody Jody. Jody something. Yeah. Um, Jody Whitaker. Jody, Jod- Whitaker.
1: Jody Whitaker. Jody Whitaker. She was in a movie with Peter O'Toole, and I believe he was nominated for an Oscar for that, right? Yeah. That was one of his first Nominations, so that's like you know lawrence of Ar- arabia you know yeah yeah, yeah legendary yeah.
0: legendary actor um well, you got a bunch of other old actors that aren't you know they, they've never broken through that blue collar actor working actor status you know yeah. that's still you know like ernest borgnine sure <laughs> went ernest for years borgnine. i remember um An actor friend of mine told me that uh, he worked with Ernest Borgnine on something Mm -hmm. and somebody came to set to verify that everybody had their SAG card. Uh They went up to Ernest Borgnine and his number was like in the just like the two digits. He was like one of the. God, that's amazing.
1: (laughs) But like, you know, I'm talking like leading actor, Academy yeah. Award winning, like Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman retired forever. His last movie
0: was that movie with uh, Ray Romano, like Welcome to Mooseport or something. <laughs> like That was a good one to go out on. I mean, we you got to admit. You got, uh, I'm looking at a list here. You got okay. Robert Duvall continues to show up. Robert Duvall. Once a while. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, my, uh, Michael Caine.
1: Michael Caine, yeah, Michael Caine's another really great one. That one, that that motherfucker's been around for forever.
0: How old is he? Oh my God, he must. I I I don't know. I could look it up. And then you got, um, oh, what's his name? I just saw him in something, Bruce. Bruce. He looks old and haggard. He's he was in was he in Nebraska maybe? Oh, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He just passed away. Oh, did
1: he? Yeah, I think so. Right. Let me see. Bruce Dern.
0: Doing some hot old actor talk. On oh no, podcast. no, I, I think he is. No, he's still alive. Oh, okay, yeah, I saw. I was watching. Uh, I was watching clips of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And yeah, I was Ber- watching him.
1: Bruce Stern is great, but I'm I, like, he is he's not like a household name like Christopher Walken. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. like big time. Michael Caine and and uh, Robert Duvall. Those are those are just two kind of good examples. You know, actors that are still going. Yeah, Ro- Michael Caine, by the way, 89 years old.
0: Damn.
1: You want to know the top question is for people who ask when they're searching for Michael Caine? (laughs) Is Michael Caine a billionaire? (laughs) Okay. Wow, his net worth allegedly is at eighty million, but who knows how what how this is calculated? I don't know if it's that high, but you know,
0: if you're looking on those websites, I remember we looked up my net worth and it was like two million dollars, (laughs) right? Um yeah
1: that's that's actually really that's a good one uh so yeah, chris Christopher for he's still going still going <clears throat> nominated for an emmy possibly nominated what if he gets nominated for an oscar for dune part two wouldn't that be fucking wild that
0: would be weird especially because dune doesn't seem like you know it's that the academy doesn't seem to uh look at sci-fi movies the same way as uh, like, oh no no dune dune one was nominated for a shit ton of things it was wow. nominated for best picture oh really okay i guess in my head like in the past they don't really yeah it's like horror movies and
1: sci-fi movies yeah that is that is very true they don't but no this was nominated for a lot of things a lot of more technical things um i know it was nominated for cinematography here we go including best picture best adapted screenplay uh most awards it won six best sound, original score, editing, production design, visual effects, and cinematography. No, Dune was, was, it was a big, big, nom- like a big, huge hit in regards to that. So, mm-hmm. cool. I mean, Star Wars nominated the first one, that was nominated for best picture. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, they do they win? No, but would I, you know, Walken could he could kind of break through for that acting thing for Dune? That would be. That'd be crazy. Like, Stellan Skarsgård, you know, he played, uh, what's his name? The the floating fat man. Yeah. Uh,
0: like, why was he, he could have been nominated. He was good. Yeah, yeah. He was fantastic. I mean, he's always good. Stellan. Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> Strap it up. Time to stop having fucking Skarsgårds. He, uh... He's got, like, 500 kids. He's always he's always down for showing his penis in films. We were we joking about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was like he's up there with Harvey Keitel. If you go to um oh what is it? There's m- uh, m- MailNudity dot com. <laughs> <and male> nud- <laughs> In movies no there's a website I forget what it is but it logs very cre- in a creepy way the yeah. exact time codes and how much nudity women show oh so then like Mr. Skin like that gross ass yeah, website yeah yeah that's it so <sighs> um, there's a male equivalent, and oh, I, I, I believe Harvey Keitel is in the lead for showing his dick in movies oh. he's all about it uh, uh, it's right. always the people that you, you want you it's always the people that you don't really want to see their dick but you end up seeing it a lot is that how it goes?
1: Walken Walken has not showed his penis yet in any films that we've seen.
0: No. Have we? You know what? Let's go to I believe the website is mrman.com. Ugh. And I'm gonna see exactly how much nudity Christopher Walken has shown. He's definitely been shirtless a bunch. We've seen that. Oh, certainly. Thank God. Um Uh, free enter an email verify your account and start Uh, let's not do all that let's not go down this (laughs) creepy path we don't need to do that all right okay well then I'm gonna make a note here for next time I'm gonna look up Christopher Walken's Mr. Man profile okay and we can see where he ranks on the male nudity scale great all right I'm excited uh
1: all right so before we get too much further into just talking about this episode where he didn't do
0: anything uh (laughs) We should we should shout out the Ronnies. Yeah, let's shout out the Ronnies. Andre M. Burke, thank you so much for sticking with us. Derek G. Brew, thank you, sir. Richard Aldridge, killing it. Taylor Costello, thank you. Alex Mulberg. He's the only burg we have left right now. Oh, so I have to make fun of his name. Alex Moberg. Go Get it. Oh, my glasses. Mm-hmm. Jacob Frida. Thank you, Jacob. When I think when I see the last name Frida, Frida. there's a uh, device that I use to, uh, to vacuum snot out of my infant's nose. Mm-hmm. It's called a, a Frida and uh i take one part of a, a tube and i put it in my mouth and i shove the other end into his nose and i like you, you don't think of the artist frida no. <laughs>
1: no. no no that's not the first one that comes to your mind no. legendary
0: <laughs>
1: legendary uh, artist no no no, no.
0: I, I just <laughs> think of it is satisfying when i get a real big hunk Of, like, mucus and boogers out of his nose. And I'm like, Oh, I bet you feel better, don't you? And he's like, Eh.
1: Not the Mexican painter, the booger (sighs) sniffer. That's what we
0: think of. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, Lurp, lurping it up at us. Lord Spittleberg, which is Nicholas Mark (laughs) Monsonado. Lord Spittleberg. Spittleberg. That'd be good. A lord who, uh, he's just, he, he's very, he talks like uh, uh, Daffy Duck when he speaks and spits in everybody's face. No, but nobody would, nobody's going to say anything to him. Right. Uh, Tom Byrne and Doug Heavener, Burning and Heaven on Apple Plus TV. Is it Apple
1: TV Plus? Apple no. TV Plus would not have a show like that on there. That's much more of an Amazon show.
0: Yeah, yeah, Amazon <laughs> Yes. or
1: no definitely netflix netflix is just we'll take whatever
0: yeah netflix is uh until we go broke is, is wild like that and uh did i say nathan sharp i believe i did well say it again in any case say it again nathan sharp thank you and those are our patrons those are our ronnie's our loyal ronnie's if anybody else would like to help support this podcast please go to patreon.com slash walking 101 thank you you
1: know, we barely do the episodes as much. There was a time we were really consistent,
0: you know? Yeah, we were. And um, well, once we... Once the pandemic happened. Once the pandemic happened, and once we, you know, we kind of perfected this doing it over Skype, you would think we would have started doing it a lot more. No. <laughs> but no. Somehow it was easier to go up
1: to your house and record there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that weird? Well, right.
0: well, it was nice to watch the movie together. I mean, that was good. Experience the pain or the joy together. Yes. In the same room. And now it's like, yeah, you know, you probably watched it last night. I watched it this morning. and yeah. I sit there sad. I'm thinking, I wonder what Kenny would have said right there.
1: Well, I mean, for the most part, I will say The Outlaws has... It's good enough where it entertains me enough... Mm-hmm. And it moves quick enough because there's so many characters, right? So we're moving to scene, to scene, to scene, to scene, where it doesn't drag. It just, it you know, some of them, some of the scenes are ridiculous and some of the jokes do not land whatsoever. But
0: mm-hmm. every
1: once in a while, one does work enough where I'm like, this is entertaining enough. Yeah, yeah. Would I watch this in my free time? Because I have a collection of shows that mm-hmm. I, I am watching and that I always continue to watch. Right now, the shows I'm watching, uh, Blackbird, that is on Apple TV Plus. That's a very good show, by the way. All I told right. you about. I remember I told you about that because we were we were looking at potential No Small Parts episodes, and the two the two leads
0: in it are very 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 good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, the bear. Have you heard about this show? Uh, yes, I've heard about it. I've been waiting because I think Shana might want to watch it with me, but I've heard it's excellent. Just if yeah, you, you work in the food industry, it's going to bring back
1: PTSD. Yeah, it's very... I, I've never worked in the food industry, but it, it seemed very
0: authentic and very, very, very good. Um, I, I have just... Uh, sorry to interrupt you. I just have a quick recommendation for you if you like... Yeah. Um, oh, what was it called again? Sorry. It was called The Bear. Yeah. There's, um, there's a great legitimate one-take drama Mm -hmm. starring Stephen Graham. We did a video on him. He's a British actor Yeah, uh, called Boiling Point, which is kind of a similar – there's a lot of stress going on on a big day in a restaurant, and he's the head chef. Um, I would highly recommend that. That was like – it was excellent. Got a good Rotten Tomatoes score too. Anyway
1: uh I started watching dope sick have you have you heard about this show about the whole oxycotton
0: like start and the horrendous things that happened as a result of it i I, I think we might have talked about this because I watched a, a great documentary called the pharmacist which was about uh, a pharmacist that was it sort of found himself in the center of it in the town that he was in where it started and uh, yeah it's
1: uh it, it well a lot of because I started watching it because a lot of people were nominated. Uh, for Emmys from it because it's a I guess it's classified as a miniseries but like everybody's in it like Michael Keaton Mm -hmm. uh, Rosaria Dawson um, and then a bunch of other really good good kind of smaller bit kind of character actors and Mm -hmm. uh But it's just it's a very interesting show because it shows the whole dynamic of it and it goes kind of back and forth in time. So you see like, you know, late in the mid 2000s when they're taking Purdue Pharma, who manufactured Oxycontin, they're taking them to court and they're building a case. Then we're going back in time and seeing how it got started so you're seeing the sales reps go to michael keaton for example he's a doctor in a small town and pushing oxycontin yeah we're seeing seeing, you know okay one of the doctors prescribing to this patient and we kind of see that patient's story and all the crazy fallout that happens so it's it's really good it's like a multi-cast ensemble piece and really good stuff so like those are the three kind of shows and the rehearsal and
0: westworld (laughs) <laughs> have you yeah. watched
1: have you watched uh, Westworld yet season 4?
0: Not yet. That's another one that Shayna and I we've you know that we're waiting to watch it together. But um, uh how, how,
1: it's I, it's something. I will say it's <laughs> it's 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 so different, but at the same time they're kind of paying homage to a little bit of the first season. Okay. But they do once again a lot of time travel stuff, a lot of the this and that and and what's reality, what isn't reality, who's a host, who's not a host. It's a, it's a lot of that. And okay. it, it gets to the point where it's like some of it's really good, some of it comes off really cheesy, but I don't mm. know if that's by design. So I don't know. It's 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 whatever. And then you have the rehearsal, which is just phenomenal
0: show. The rehearsal, man. Yeah. I'm I'm watching that and I'm also watching Better Call Soul, because it's the final season. Mm-hmm. Um very excited to see how they you know they they basically bringing it up to the to the events that occur in, in breaking bad. I know you're not familiar with it, but it's it's yeah. fine. It's a, it's a prequel series, so you got to understand. And um yeah, the rehearsal. And I'll say late at night uh when I have when it's my turn with Ezra, mm-hmm. I'll watch a movie in chunks. Like I'll wake up maybe twice uh, in the middle of the night and i'll start a movie before the night begins and then i'll get up and feed him watch a little bit more watch a little bit more and wild. uh there's some uh there's some good ones hold on real quick i just want to see if i can recommend at least one to the people here mm. that uh that it that people may not be aware of uh let's see there was a great uh i i went through like a big horror binge I was trying to find like good horror movies there's a great i believe it's swedish horror mm-hmm. movie called hatching mm-hmm. that i highly recommend any any uh horror enthusiasts out there especially ones that had you know horror movies i guess you'd call them high concept where they have just a just great symbolism they're really about something mm-hmm. you know like how oh, the baba duke was about grief you know or mm-hmm. something or one of ari aster's horror movies like midsummer you know um Highly recommend that. But a little girl that finds an egg and she nurses it back to health in her bedroom. It hatches into a, a hybrid human crow creature. Mm-hmm. And it it's kind of horrifying, but there's a little bit of sweetness to it, like E.T. There are practical effects that they use for the creature, and it's it's fascinating. I'd I'd give it a shot.
1: Did you um ever see the movie uh Milo about the 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 monster that lives in the guy's butt. <laughs> I, I'm looking it up right it's now. Got, Fle-
0: Milo, M-I-L-O.
1: Yeah, it's got Ken Marino in it. Ken Marino, I love Ken Marino. I think so. It's it's Milo or Bad Milo, something like that. I'll look up Ken Marino here. Uh, Bad Milo. That's Bad. it the name of it he's got he's, got he's got a monster lives in his butt and comes out and gobbles up people when he's stressed <laughs> 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 all right all does right does not I mean, look good I, I will i don't i do <laughs> i do not recommend this film but <laughs> it made me think of uh your hatchling made me think of this yeah he's yeah. got a bunch of good people in it patrick uh War, warburton
0: stephen root uh, stephen root man I yeah, just watched okay. Get Out again. Steven Root took a great turn in doing drama. I have not. You
1: know, he was at incredible in Barry. Uh, that's a show you 100% need to watch. Like yeah, right yeah. now, you need to watch Barry and you need to watch uh, um, uh, Succession. Those are the two massively huge shows. Like Succession is almost, it's getting close to being this generation's like hbo sopranos you know what i'm saying like it okay. is that big of a show and it first off it's hysterical and it's so morbidly dark and depressing at the same time so it's it's you have an amazing cast all of them are off the wall fucking insane all of them are the worst people in the fucking world but you feel so sorry for them at the same time it's so <laughs> it's so good um, yeah yeah i gotta get into that all right, hey, but- but- Oh, yeah. sorry. Go, go on. ahead. What were you going I was
0: just going to one more. You've also recommended to me Halt and Catch Fire, which is a little yeah. bit of an
1: underrated... Uh... Halt and Catch Fire is definitely a good one. I, I would, you know, I, I enjoy that because I like learning about the tech industry, but it's about it's about losers. So
0: it, those are good. I'd recommend all I, those. I, I'll say, sorry, last thing. I swear to God, the, the best thing you've recommended to me to watch, and I urge anybody to watch it, is The Americans. Yeah. That was one of the greatest well-crafted shows i've ever seen the best yeah. kind of spy shit i've ever seen because it was you know what wasn't it written by a guy who was actually part it, of I'm i don't know say, if he, he, i think he
1: was in the cia
0: was in the cia yeah i think so so it's very authentic
1: well you still haven't watched all of mad men and that is the most important that and the wire are the two most important american shows in my opinion ever made now you still gotta watch breaking bad I watch I parts of it. It's fine. It's just, but it's about a drug dealer and then it's really sad and then depressing and then uh, funny at the same time. Right. Cause he's got some comedic moments in it. I just don't, I don't like care about any of those characters. I try, uh, I literally watched the whole first
0: season and I'm like, I don't care enough to watch anymore. Well, the first season was a little rough because it ended in the middle of a writer's strike. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cut short. It, it it progressively gets better and better. So I, I don't know if you ever it give it was, another chance. Let me know. It, it was fine.
1: I tr- I've I've tried it so many
0: times. Like three
1: times. It took me three tries to get through the first season. It didn't <laughs> hook me. I didn't I didn't care enough about it. I don't want to see a guy just eventually become a you know a drug dealer murderer because that's the path he goes down. But then what does he? Oh, he does a good thing in the end. It kind of saves the day a little bit.
0: I'm not saying anything.
1: Okay. No, I'm not. I just don't. I don't care.
0: <laughs> That's understandable.
1: Um, yeah, the Mad Men is incredible. That's incredible in so many different ways. Uh, I've I've watched that whole series at least three or four times.
0: Yeah, I got to pick that back up. I I think I got to season four or five, and then I I, did, I never finished. So yeah, it's well at least you've seen the bulk of it.
1: Yes, it's it's excellent. All right, enough about these other fucking shows. Let's talk about episode three of The Outlaws. Yep. Uh, so, to recap, there's a perfect little recap. In fact, Walken even recaps it for us in his only scene that he is in. <laughs> yeah. He comes in with the bag of money and he says, what are we doing?
0: Protest. Uh... Guys, I gave you a full 48 hours. What's your decision? We're taking the money to the police. I rushed you. Take more time. Yeah, we've made up our minds, Frank. No. You've gone out of them. Fine. Take your cut to the dibbles if you want, but one third is mine and I'm keeping it. No. It's all of us or none of us. What are we? The three musketeers? Listen, you keep the money and the police come knocking. We are all incriminated, Okay, So we're going to collect it from you tonight and we will turn it in. Guys we're standing here in a moment where everything about our lives could change. Let's just feel that for a moment, huh? Group hug. group hug. You touch me and I will beat you to death with this shovel and then bury you with it, group hug.
1: And it's so Mirna and uh, what's his name, Proud Boy,
0: John John
1: <laughs> yeah John uh, they don't want to keep the money essentially they want to return it to the authorities and Walken is still encouraging them well we should we should wait you know think about your your business and Mirna you could do stuff with it with your you know your social activism and uh, it kind of ends as though it's like well I think just they're going to turn in the money but then as the episode goes on we find out that John, what did he do? Oh, yeah. he he. he someone he, broke into his house, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Broke
1: into his house, and then it was a, a, like a black guy and a white guy. And the white guy was able to get away, but the black guy didn't, and John caught him, and he beat him up. And there was like a... He had him on the ground. He's just pummeling him, like punching him, punching him. And there's just that slight little moment in his eyes, that little gleam in his eyes, where we saw that Tom Hanks white rage just <laughs> kind of come out and just be glad. He's like, I just...
0: God. Again with yeah. Tom Hanks white rage. I swear when to God. he <laughs> screams,
1: you know, my <laughs> wife, you tried to knock over my wife. You I, know,
0: I don't know where you get the
1: white the rage. The White thing. rage. Just it just it just boils over. It's all that all that anger <laughs> that he's got to suppress all that anger all these years. <laughs> Back the f- off. Knock it over my wife. But in all seriousness, you just saw that little glimmer in John's John's eyes for a split second. Mm hmm. He was kind of glad it was a black guy that he
0: was punching. We'll just say that. And maybe at the same time, a little scared that it was a black guy. Because yeah. <laughs> then he does, he gets slapped with uh, aggravate racial, <laughs> right. uh, aggravated assault. Um, so uh, just, so he's, he'll be dealing with that, apparently. A, a lot of these uh,
1: storylines, what I'm kind of feeling is we're trying to tell the story that everyone is, they may appear different, but they're all kind of cut from the same cloth, essentially. Mm Because we're getting a lot of sympathy and not sympathy in the choices these characters are making. So John, for example, the whole thing is, you know, his factory is in trouble. There's this bad deal with China where they could lose it and then lose the factory. And, you know, he is just been kind of promoted into this head position uh, his father has retired and he's kind of still living in the shadow of his father you know his father's an asshole
0: mm-hmm. that's how it
1: always goes all these you know a lot of these male protagonist characters they have daddy issues you know he's no exception he's got the daddy issues his, his father is this powerful revered figure and uh john is worried that he's going to lose his factory and you know the workers are not going to have you know any support and not gonna have a job anymore um so we see that we have some sympathy there but then you know when he is doing his community service he kind of just rattles off borderline racist tones of you know certain things because mirna is talking about her social activism and you mm-hmm. know being a part of you know a, a, a movement that echoes Black Lives Matter and you know he brings up oh they're always looting and this and that and blah 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 blah
0: so yeah well it's like the um, the the writers and I guess by that I mean Stephen Merchant does a mm-hmm. good job at creating nuance for the characters especially those two like yeah you at, at least I don't know about you but when I'm watching I find myself agreeing with some things that he says, some things that she says. And I find myself annoyed by some things that he does and some things that she does. Like there's a lot of nuance there.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of that there. The main issue that I have is that you have both of these characters representing very different things. And then Mm. trying to compare those two things is like, it's, you have her over here who is about social activism for, trying to take down the systemic racism in her country that represents millions of people while he has a factory over here that only represents a small fraction of people and like so it's like they're trying to mash these two things together and I don't know if that's by design because a lot of these you know white people white problems while valid are not as heavy as some of these other issues that people of color deal with so that was my like at times I'm like you know like yeah he he says some things but it also just sounds like you know what it sounds like to me it's kind of that what about that a lot of i s- feel like kind of conservative white males do mm-hmm. it sounds a lot of like well yeah but what about hillary's emails that's what it sounds like to me when i'm like uh,
0: yeah like that, he has that, 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 to...
1: is, that is troublesome but there's a there's a huge boulder over here that we're kind of downplaying a little bit yeah
0: he feels the need to speak up about things that he thinks are underrepresented uh, and it's he's you know he's not seeing the bigger picture basically and then and then you got her on the other hand who should they do this great thing with her character where she's devoted her life to social activism and then but as a result Nobody really likes her, because well, you have her activism group, right. who they are not appreciative anymore of her more radical stunts, right. um, you know, and they want to work with the legislature and in the, the government to get a bill passed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then her sister invites her out to like people. Uh, a, a a friend group with a guy that she wants her to meet. And they're just going to go hiking. And then they, they start to go hiking and you've Mirna finds herself saying, what's the point of all this? You could be doing something. And right. people are like, we're just taking a walk. It's okay to have fun. So it's like, she's, they've done a good job. I think in really creating nuance with both of those characters.
1: Yeah. It's still, though, you know, here's a character who has dealt with this issue for 40 plus years, as opposed to here is an entitled character who has. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the two things where it's like you see where one is a little bit heavier than the other. But then they try to continually compare these two things like, uh, no, they, those, they also. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But th- but then uh, once again, that's by design where it's mm. like, you know, the, the these are very realistic kind of issues that people deal with uh so you know let's try to reflect that in some way that with this show it's just that you know white people white problems sometimes is not as heavy as other things i mean by not like white people i'd say more kind of uh not as heavy issues you know it's still still his his things are extremely valid you know john's things are very like oh it's his you know he's got a factory to worry about and then he's got you know 100 plus workers they all have families to deal with and this and oh yeah that's that's a serious thing for sure yeah um it's just it's just funny to still see it where it's like i'm like dude fucking deal with it like i don't know what to tell you yeah. I, I know your dad's mean to you and you got daddy issues and <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry you had a, a tough childhood but a lot of people had tough childhood i get it
0: yeah to be clear
1: her character is more likable <laughs> yeah we'll definitely say that although it's like she does come off like an asshole at times so it's like you know pick your you know be a little bit more tactful in your approach to activism at times, you know? Yes. yes. Her, her, her stunt, although it was hysterical to see her steal the little, uh, what was it? Like a little cop, a uh, wagon that was trying to promote like oh become a police officer and it's two cops sitting in a wagon and yeah, she tows yeah. them away and it takes them 45 minutes to stop her <laughs> which is hilarious to me where it's like how fucking inept are you guys that you can't stop this woman in a jeep yeah pulling a wagon with other two police officers then is kind of hilarious um yeah she but then she you know once again like you were saying she's on the walk and she's kind of being a know-it-all asshole where it's like you could be a little more tactful in your approach to talking about you know these things you know yeah you, know, yeah. y- you can try to get these people who maybe these people these uh these people that go on walks maybe they go on a little bit too many walks you know what i'm saying like we like to just do things for fun All, and then just maybe you do that a little bit too often there susan you know <laughs>
0: didn't she there are good uh, there are a few funny throwaway lines like that she apparently kept being an asshole off screen right and then her sister's like you called marcus a race traitor because he likes michael bolton (laughs) (laughs) valid no it's
1: like her her criticism is valid it just comes off as somewhat a little over the top and arrogant but once again Can you blame her because she has dealt with this for 40 plus years and it's the same shit that keeps happening where it's like Mm -hmm. if you live, you know, for example, if John had dealt with a factory that's going out of business for 40 plus years and it's just the constant stress of that, let's see how he would act. You know, he would be a fucking asshole as well. He already is an asshole, but he'd be even more of an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, just don't keep saying <laughs> every time john opens his mouth i just want him to say what about hillary's emails because that's all i can hear
0: is but what about hillary's emails?" well guys? didn't he say that in the last episode i swear to god he did he, he said something did. like that uh i i, I maybe i'm his imagining little, that his little through-
1: off-handed remarks about something but yeah he always kind of has those little jabs in there yeah he's got well, what about the, we're giving all this money to the indian government and blah 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 i'm like all right come on what about hillary's emails guys come on we get it that's a bad situation but we're talking about other things here too so it's it's what about you know what mm-hmm. about like his uh his father comes over for dinner right for breakfast or for a birthday party and his father goes into this whole thing of, you know, oh, I'm sorry you're getting slapped with this thing, but what would you do next time? You know, what if, what if a, another guy breaks into your house and tries to rape your wife and children? And it's like, all <laughs> it's like, right. what Dad. <laughs> like, like, fucking, I know it's bad, but it's a lot of that. What about, what about this? What if you get struck by lightning when you walk outside? Don't walk outside. It's just stupid, stupid stuff like that.
0: Fear, fear mongering. It's I will say does. I'm on John's side with, well, uh, with beating up the burglar. I mean, apart from the little bit of he, he, excessive he, beating, excessive beating. Right. Um, I I don't know how excessive it was. I forget. But uh, but no, if if somebody broke in my house and I was able to, if I was a completely different person that could do this, mm-hmm. uh, I would I would beat them up, <laughs> and then, and and like try to subdue them, and I'd be very angry and would be full of rage because right. I have two kids. Right. For sure. And it seems like as though, as though
1: this character that is suing him is also somewhat of, you know, he is kind of abusing a little bit of the system as well. So it kind of goes both ways where you have certain uh, you know underprivileged people abusing the system and then you have overprivileged people as well abusing the system so it's like 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 whatever
0: loopholes that anybody in any position can take they're gonna do it
1: yeah and it's sad because you're abusing things that are extremely valid important issues you're abusing them in ways that don't actually help the bigger picture it just helps you financially in the short term so it's like yeah that little that little bit of thing that thing that Myrna did at the beginning right she stole the police wagon although it it she thought she was doing a good thing it really ended up hurting them in the end and her 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 criticism was valid it was a bit excessive and a bit extreme, and it didn't really do anything, you know?
0: Yeah, it just, it would put, uh, I imagine in this world and it, that the show's created, and in the real world, yeah. a, a stunt like that would put back the movement. It would right. only, like, fire up conservatives even more, like, well, look at them, look what they're doing. Right,
1: exactly. It's the same thing with any, you know, Black Lives uh, Matter type of movements that we had here, you know, with that small percentage that was breaking in and looting and et cetera. Yeah. That was, that was blown up as opposed to this incredible, you know, these movements, these peaceful demonstrations, thousands of them, millions of people attended. Those didn't get highlighted as often as the, the bad stuff over here. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's always what happens. It's shitty. It's dumb. You know, we should highlight the better things. Like walking in this example of this episode that he wasn't in. There was other storylines that happened, by the way. Yeah. The, the Steve Merchant uh, Lady Gabby thing.
0: Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. I liked their uh, little relationship, their chemistry, where she is setting up a music festival yeah. and he's helping her. They have one day to file everything. So right. it's like time to put your nose to the grindstone. Right. And they have some really cute moments. Uh, and Steve Merchant, very funny in this episode. He's u- utilizing his merchantness to the absolute extreme. Greg, Dillard, bucketless dreams. Travel on a private plane. Yes, please.
1: Stay calm during turbulence. If possible. Join the Mile High Club brackets. Find out if that's a real club. Is it? Are all of your dreams about planes? A lot of them are about planes. I will say, you know, originally we said at the beginning... We're like oh, it's Stephen Merchant, you know, of mm-hmm. the two, the Ricky Gervais and the Stephen Merchant collaboration, because we're both big fans of uh, The Office and Extras, both brilliant shows. But you're like, oh, we're getting the, the, the not as good one to make this show. <laughs> but you know what? I kind of want to take that back because now I'm beginning to see better stuff in this show mm-hmm. as
0: opposed to some of the other Ricky Gervais stuff. I haven't kept up with Ricky Gervais's stuff uh since Extras really. I haven't watched any of Derek the... was Derek was okay. Derek, yeah. Uh, and then uh then after, after Life, yeah. My wife is watching that and she
1: likes it. Uh but now I'm beginning to hear not good things about Ricky Gervais and it's kind of making me respect him a lot less. You like know? what? Like the whole he's he's going on a lot of these kind of Dave Chappelle transphobic kind of rants he's been doing a couple of things like that and people have been calling him out for it for a couple of years and uh i'm yeah he apparently he does have a new special and by special i mean a 39 minute rant i guess uh that's also what dave Chappelle is doing like one of his new specials is like 39 minutes and it's just a glorified rant on dumb I, shit, and I'm like, mm, "Fuck off, loser."
0: I, I actually watched that, and I thought it was brilliant. Right. <laughs> I, I I still really, uh, I'll defend Dave Chappelle. I still really like him. Yeah, I don't. I think he's an
1: over entitled prick. Uh, so I lost all respect for him because he recently went to, uh, this thing in his community, and I guess they're building lower income houses that could come close to his property. Mm -hmm. And he fucking threw a Karen fit and said, I'm not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And like the only people that applauded him were kind of white entitled millionaires, women that were sitting there. And he came off like a fucking asshole. And it's like Mm. all the things on like that you've kind of preached about. And then there's this other line that he said. And I can't believe he actually fucking said this. This is like a real legitimate quote. It was. Uh, was it, was this, was this about Key and Peele? Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck yeah. off, you fucking prick!" Oh my god, he's a fucking loser. And like, and then he's like doing these stunts where, he, you know, he had this Netflix special where he really went on this transphobic rant for a while.
0: See, I disagree that it was transphobic, but that, but, but you know, we could agree it, to disagree. It was, on it. it was.
1: And then he, what he did was, as a result, he went to, I guess, a high school to debate with kids about it.
0: Mm. But he he
1: fucking railroaded them. He did a surprise thing where all these kids had to come into an auditorium and they had to sign or not sign, uh, NDAs, but essentially have these, these, uh, things where you, when you come in saying that you're being recorded and that you kind of give up rights, you know, you you give your rights to appear on camera, Right, he, right? They right. had to turn over their cell phones. They couldn't record anything. And he shows up with a fucking film crew and he debates them. And, like, when people do call him out, like, hey, I thought your comments were very transphobic, he immediately belittles them in front of everybody. These are fucking, like, 18-year-old kids, dude. I'm like, you're a fucking bitch at the end of the day. Like, I fucking hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't stand that that type of mentality. And it sounds like Ricky Gervais is kind of going into that where it's like, yeah, yeah you do have freedom of speech and you do have these things, but you're not free of consequences, buddy. If you're going to say shit like that and then people retaliate and go after you and call you a prick for being a prick, you're going to have to fucking take it because you you Mm -hmm. can't, you can't act as though it's a one way street. You can't go about saying these horrendous things and then be like, Oh, what? You can't, you can't take a joke. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a a joke maker. I have to say these things. I'm like, no, fuck off. No, you don't. Like, Mm -hmm. I I can't stand that shit where it's like you're attacking a population. That's like a zero. That's a 0.001% of the population. You're going after them. You're belittling them. Like, isn't the rule in comedy you're supposed to punch up, right? You're supposed to go after the bigger ones.
0: That's generally the rule. I I have heard that. I remember George Carlin saying that to me at the end of the day, if it, if it's funny, I don't care. Like if it actually makes me laugh, But I I will say, Ricky Gervais, I never enjoyed his stand-up anyway. I always, I loved The Office and Extras, but his stand-up was always not good. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a glorified rant at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah.
1: So once again, yeah, you can say these things, but then guess what? I'm going to say shitty things about you too. If you're going to say shitty things about people and kind of go off on people and say that you know, trans people aren't real people at the end of the day, and that you're a trans woman is not a real woman. Well, how about fuck you? You're not. You're not a real good comedian. You gotta come up with better jokes. That's that's what I'm gonna say. So no, no,
0: no, no, no. It's hard to argue with that. Right. So, yeah, <laughs>
1: you're not. You're completely free of it. Uh. But enough about fuck loser Chappelle. Uh. And possibly fuck loser Ricky Gervais. I, I, I haven't heard his. I haven't heard his stand up. I'll send you this clip of this one good comedian kind of calling him out. And it's apparently this comedian
0: got a little blacklisted as a result of it. I think I've seen this clip. I've seen him before. Is he a younger guy? Red hair? I think. Um, Yeah, like lighter hair. I want to say his name's... No, it's not Jack Whitehall. But it's somebody... I've seen him a lot on the British panel shows uh, that uh, Shana and I watch. So, uh, but... With the other scene was walking came at the at the very
1: end. It's like he's a bookend essentially. Beginning and yeah. the end. Pretty much. Bing bang boom.
0: Okay. Let's get this madness over with. Change of plan. We want car. Yeah, cuz in the end they decide, "Hey, I need. John needs the money for his factory, and Mira's right. like, "Well, I need the money for my social activism." I went back to my group and I said, "Hey, I can provide some money, so we can go back to doing things my way." Right. So in the end, they show up to Walkin's house, and game on.
1: And poor, poor uh, Ronnie and for Christian. Christian? Christian, yeah. Right. Those fucking kids, man. You know, they're getting chased by the drug dealers. They even had this interesting thing with one of kind of the head drug dealers. You see his family for a hot second, and he's yeah. like, "He's like, I need to support my family as well." And but then he, you know, he holds a gun to Christian's head to be like, "Where'd the money go? I'm gonna fucking kill you." Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah. y- you begin to see the duality of all these characters, and it's like you know they're all at the end of the day, I think, cut from a little bit of the same cloth. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm into it enough. I wish there was more walking in this episode. Yes. I really
0: hope the next because we only really have uh three more episodes. Yep, three more. Um, nice uh, six episode season just like the Brits do it. Love it. Yeah, it's a hybrid though. It's you know, it's British and kind of Amer- it's it, this seems
1: like very British and American type of show, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It seems it's, like an American show. It does. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I need I need I need fucking walking. Yeah, dude. I want to see how he got to prison. It's going
0: to be the last episode. They're saving him for last because he's the be big mystery. Episode?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. What uh, if he um what are what are your what are your thoughts on his character because we've had some theories on his character up to this point
0: in the last episode.
1: What why do you think did they ever explain why he went to prison?
0: No, no, it's been it's been a mystery. Kay. I mean, I think I I think I like what you were saying. Uh, when we talked about the last episode where he's just this pathological liar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, is probably just, you know, I don't know. I'd imagine it's just some kind of scheme. It was a, maybe it was like a bank heist. Uh, I, I
1: think he did something shitty. You think he did something? Do you think he raped no, somebody? I don't mean- I don't think like that extreme. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm talking like I think he did something where he really fucked over like somebody, like something bad. And I think he did something really. He definitely did something bad to his family because mm-hmm. he's got a daughter and, and a grandson from the last episode. So I think he did something weird to them. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's why. That's what it's kind of intrigues me about this show. I don't know where I'm going with it, but I kind of know where I'm going with it. It just, it you know it it, it kind of hits those points just enough to keep me interested.
0: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. I think Stephen Merchant's doing a a good job, and I uh, enjoyed uh, watching him try to buy drugs. That you
1: know, was the, a great scene.
0: That was good. Very, you know, his comedic timing is just sharp as hell.
1: Sorry to uh, interrupt you. I'm sure you're absolutely snowed under. A friend of mine said uh,
0: that she called ahead. I was supposed to pick up a prescription, which I'm beginning to realize is not for Gaviscon Extra. You Andy,
1: am I what? Sorry,
0: Andy, undercover police.
1: Oh, need no, no. I'm um, I'm a lawyer, civil litigation mainly, but uh, some contract law.
0: Prescriptions are eighty quid. Oh, my friend didn't say anything about money. Oh, man, why don't you take the product, then like, come back with the money when when it's convenient? Oh, great, thank you, brilliant. I appreciate that. I'm not playing, bro. We got the peas. By peas, you, you mean? Keys, paper, cheddar,
1: folding. Yeah, that's not helping. If anything, that's muddy in the war.
0: The money. <laughs> he is a tall, tall person. <laughs> I love it. His little cameo in the in the office. Right. Ricky Gervais is making fun of him for being tall. He's like, he has like two tall jokes, and Stephen Merchant's like laughing it off. He goes, "Look at this goggle-eyed freak." He goes like, <laughs> 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 Stephen Merchant gets like so offended. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. He was great in, in Extras.
0: Yes. I loved he. his best scene in that show. you know, For those of you who haven't seen Extras, Ricky Gervais plays a struggling actor who, uh, every episode, there's kind of a warped version of an actor that he works with. Right. And Stephen Merchant is like his just inept agents. There's a great scene. I did it in acting class once where he walks in on him masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you masturbating? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know. I was just alone in the moment took me, so I just, I went crazy. (laughs) Um, But there's a great, so he's this completely inept agent, but then there's one point, I think in the David Bowie episode, where he's at a party with Ricky Gervais, and he goes up with his little sidekick, I think Barry. Barry from from EastEnders. uh, Yeah, Barry from EastEnders. And he... Is talking to these two girls. They're trying to chat them up and take them home, and he like full on becomes an agent in that moment and is trying to negotiate with them. And it's like talking rapid fire. Right. And it's like, dude, if you could do this for Ricky Gervais, this right. character, and he's like, he's going so fast. He goes, okay, all right, here's another deal, right? You take a cab, we pay for it, and like he right. he he does every possible combination, and he, then he walks away. All right, mate, we just cut our losses. It's like very funny. Yeah.
1: All right. So next episode, episode four,
0: a lifelong
1: scoundrel reflects on his past mistakes. That sounds like a Christopher Walken thing. That does. They're not saving it for last. Okay. The, The police recruit surprisingly new deputy and a young woman makes a decision which could endanger the lives of all the outlaws. So it looks like we have... A lifelong scoundrel reflects on his past with snakes. That's a walk in mm-hmm. a police recruit uh, a surprising new deputy. The police recruit a surprising new deputy. I bet you that is uh, what's her name? The um, the the lady uh, who is monitoring their social. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a young woman makes a decision which could endanger the lives of all of the outlaws that sounds like it's a ronnie
0: thing it sounds like ronnie because yeah, they're <laughs> they're dealing yeah because they're dealing with the cash that he stole the drug dealers are chasing him the mm-hmm. police are after him that her parents lied for her right the, so. the, the police lied to cover it up and be like whose van was this
1: it was mine uh yeah. all right so all right the we'll the see balls are fucking closing in on the outlaws mm-hmm. they're the fucking outlaws outlaws season two coming hold on when is it coming the Outlaws Season 2. I, I could have swore because we were just looking at a list of things for No Small Parts episode. Uh, uh, and like, we pitched walk fucking like three or four times in a row. It was embarrassing. Because
0: <laughs> we were like, he's being nominated for an Emmy. He was just cast in Dune Part 2. The right. Outlaws. Outlaws. It's your show. It's an Amazon uh, Outlaws show. Outlaws
1: Season 2, August 5th. It's... It, it, we're recording this on july 26 august 5th is next friday so next friday is going to be the new season of outlaws
0: the so, outlaws and our people at imdb told us that they're going to get back to us about a second video for august they're going to get back to us on thursday you know who they're going to pick <sighs> who are they going to pick who are the choices we sent them well, ooh, they already picked one, Sidney mm. Sweeney, who was yeah. rightfully nominated for an Emmy for Euphoria for playing yeah. Cassie. I have not watched it.
1: Uh, we did pitch Tom Hanks for Pinocchio. <laughs> 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 Amazing. I'm def- we're definitely going to put the clip of him yelling at that black guy. <laughs> my wife!
0: <laughs> Knock over my wife! You know, there's there's a piece of walking news that involves the Outlaws we haven't talked about yet. Um, oh, what is that? And it kept on popping up in my little. I got Christopher Walken's name on Google search feed. Whatever, <laughs> I get emails about his name, and um, he painted over a real piece of Banksy street art during an episode oh. of Outlaws. <laughs> that's amazing that is, <laughs> I, that's I i don't hilarious. know the context of it or exactly what it was but uh, that kept popping up so that's, we'll look into it more that's very funny um who else did we choose
1: we, we uh um the lead uh, in she-hulk tatiana Mussolini. Mas- mm. she's very good um i told you she was in that show called uh, orphan black where she played a person with multiple personalities Mm-hmm. And it's like a tour de force from what I've heard. She is just incredible in all these roles. Okay. So um, yeah, she's in She-Hulk. Uh uh Bill Hader and Henry Winkler from Barry. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people from Barry and a lot of people from uh Succession. Matthew uh McFadden, who yeah. plays uh Tom, who is just there's so many fucking good scenes with him. He's just this pathetic little character um, <laughs> even Oscar Isaac from Scenes from a Marriage I haven't seen that uh, but I like Oscar Isaac a lot yeah. he's a great actor uh, Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso uh, yeah Henry Winkler, Bill Hader <laughs> I really want to do Bill Hader too because he got nominated both Barry just cleaned up in the Emmy nominations. He was nominated for Barry and for his small scene in Kirby Enthusiasm
0: Small scene. He was in the entire entire episode where he played three (laughs) different
1: characters. (laughs) What were their names? They all kind of sounded alike, and they're trying to
0: pass off goulash. Yeah this like the he plays like a hotel manager uh, uh I mean concierge. He's at the desk the concierge and he's like oh i recommend some good goulash and then they go to the restaurant it's like a guy that looks just like him and the they goulash all, is horrible
1: They all have very odd distinct uh kind of middle european western european accents that don't really sound like anything but sound like everything It's yeah, yeah. just these over the top caricatures and it's just you know, <laughs> I remember watching it and I was like, when I first saw him, because it was, it wasn't Jeff and uh, Larry were trying to buy a Foz from him. His yeah, first character. At an antique store. And he's like this hunched over with this very obviously fake beard <laughs> and this over the top <laughs> accent. And I'm like, what are we doing here, guys? This doesn't seem like Kirby and the-. Yeah, that's how I felt when I was watching it. Like, what the fuck is this? And, but then it, it got funnier and funnier as it went on because his characters were so over the top. And it was... By design, where it was like are, and then Larry was convinced it was all the same person fucking with him. Yeah, yeah. Or they're all like, brothers.
0: <laughs> I it was like Igor, Gregor, and Timor. Ah. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, by the way. Oh man, it was so good. <laughs> Dude, he
1: is fucking amazing in Barry. Like incredible. Not only just comedic wise, but uh like acting wise, like he plays this hitman who's a former uh, soldier, and he's got, like, extreme PTSD, and it's just fucking a tour de force. Like, I I, I like that. If anything, you definitely got to watch that show. It's episodes are only 30 minutes. Uh, it's eight episodes a season. It's, you will fly through it. It is so fucking good. So incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, recommend I gotta watch that that. That. highly because there's a lot of funny like he goes to acting school in la mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of funny things i think you would appreciate definitely because i was like oh definitely I was like, I was like oh my god brandon would fucking love this because the, the the his acting classmates are all fucking out of control amazing It's is so <laughs> fucking good and henry wrinkler is just what a fucking treasure that man is what yep. a fucking treasure national treasure all right well episode four coming up soon uh hopefully more walking yep uh as always thanks for walking for walking with us,
0: us.